core of my existence. But I kept thinking about it. Because I think it's just like my material existence just like um, just shattered. Mm-hmm. And, and then and it just it, it shocked me so deeply the idea of a material life where you're going to die. It just seemed useless. So then after that, I went through the kind of like that shock and then really thinking about it. And then I got that message in my heart that no, you will receive knowledge that will free you from death and, and it will free others. And then, um, it's funny, just Krishna came to me and yeah, in different ways, of course, not just wrong with me. But no, I never. And, and then, and then, I had this. This where I probably came out. I remember just thinking, I had some vague idea that I would just travel around the world, teaching spiritual knowledge or something. That's <laughs> no. But as far as material career, no, I never. I, I can't think. I don't think I ever once seriously thought about it. About material career. When I was a householder. I was preaching, and then everyone else, there was a time that's common with every temple in America was like selling incense first, grand incense. And so, I don't think I should do it, especially because, like, there's some kind of, like, disease, some kind of flu around the temple. Every, I was the only one in the temple on my feet. And Krishna, really, this is where I took some, you know, I was a temple president in Houston, I was a householder. Some kind of flu went around. And literally, every devotee, there like 15 devotees in the temple, and I was the only one. Oh, was actually like walking. Dead proper walking. Oh, I was the only one. <laughs> I was the only one. And so the temple economy just completely crashed because there was no one going out of sanctuary time. I didn't know what to do. So I um I got well someone since finally caved in and so I went out one day and I actually sold all the incense and made a few thousand dollars, which in those days was like enough for months, you know, to come out of the temple. But I was just so miserable. I was just like, it was like Krishna, just like, it's almost like he showed me how, like that life of doing business, I mean, it just absolutely was not meant for that. It was just like, I can't even describe how miserable I was. And I just knew I can't do this pretty business. I feel like it's definitely. And that's why I couldn't have been a householder. It was like, you know, a partner and everything else. The whole lifestyle, if we have kids, we get a job, and you know, it just, it was not an option for me. It would have just, it would have been a death for me. I was meant to do what I'm doing, I was meant to preach Christian consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good just to get in touch again with our original inspiration and revelation, our ecstatic conversion experience. And I was just, uh, mm-hmm. just meant to teach Christian consciousness. I remember, I told you, I must told you, I remember just as a little child, like two years old, just sitting down and meditating on what was beyond the sky. And I remember, like, just meditating on that, like, what's beyond the sky. Hmm. And I tried, and then see what, I'm actually here, I have to go to Brazil. You know, it's just a trip, but I'm going to get, you know, within maybe like, you know, 
six weeks, I'm going to get totally wiped out. Clean, just blow into bits, etc. Which is good, though. I <laughs> but I, actually, she's good. It'll, it'll be good. It will be. It really. I, I think it really will be. Of course, and I, it's really good to you know to get some professional training. She knows. But in the Pondo's book, it's funny now that I'm getting absorbed in it, it's just like, it just, it just, it's all encompassing. It's just so, when I really get in my work and I get into it now, it's like, it just is my life. It's, it's just completely, it becomes everything. so much yeah, just like organization because you have all of these characters like Bhagavadatta I mean you ever heard of Bhagavadatta you see that's your problem Bhagavadatta was a very important warrior in Mahabharata he fought for the Kurus not for the Pandavas he was he knew Pandu he was I think he was a Kirata like there was this Kirata, kind of like these um, Mongol, Indian, Mongol mixtures. They kind of, at a certain point, they kind of took over the eastern Himalayas and part of northern Bengal. So how did they pick these people? You know, like they had to go over all the geography, like where they all come from and what they were like and mm-hmm. all the alliances. And then you had to work in an earlier story because you can't just suddenly have a battle with a long list of people. Have to understand like who were these people, and uh, you know what were the relationships sort of weave it through the stories. There's so many characters in that. There's so much to do. Oh my God, I'm good. But it's just all encompassing, you know, all about it. It really is a whole world. It's just like nowadays follow the news, there's certain political leaders in this country and that country, and that's what it is. It's like a whole, it's, it's, it's a whole world of political leaders and alliances and, and marriages and children. It's just a whole world, it's a whole history. Hmm. So kind of when I read the story, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's not a sense, but I mean, you're editing, right? You're editing, you just know what to read in, what's taken out. Just a sense of what will work and what won't work. Totally the wrong impression. Hmm. Arching is really a word. It's funny because it's so funny because we always deal with the arch, you know, and the drops of bow, I will not fight. So for us, Arjun is just a pure devotee who doesn't want to fight. Hmm. Anyway, that's the Arjun yeah. we, we mostly know. Hmm. But Arjun, you see him like in Malabarti, he's a... He's like the Kshatriya. He's very nice, he's a gentleman. He's really an interesting figure, because he's a 
I, I try to get past that the bewildered Arjun and, yeah. and really get to know the other one. Uh-huh. But he's um, he always a gentleman. In fact, even scholars say he's very chivalrous. And he Arjun kind of exemplifies a chivalrous warrior. Uh-huh. And he's not a king. He's very much the faithful younger brother. And he is here. He's not, he's really just Krishna's friend and a warrior and a great chivalrous warrior and Krishna's friend. Not, he's not King Arthur, he's Lancelot. Hmm. Yeah, he's, I mean, Arjuna, just, um, there's something almost like boyish about Arjuna. You, you know, I've been reading about him so much. You know what I mean? There's something really like, almost like, like youthful because he's not he's just youthful and, and uh, I mean, he's really just this great uh, if you think about the great qualities of Arjuna it's just this amazing combination of someone that's, that's kind of humble and but when he gets into a fight he's just like it's an interesting scene, you know, like he's going around now before Yashamedan trying to be nice to everybody and restrain himself and just, you know, just trying to control us. Then a, sometimes they cross a line and he just starts to get angry and he just he starts to punish them. It's just a great archer, you know. realization I had that all these eternal figures, Kunti, the Pantha, Krishna, I mean, of course Krishna, but just all the figures, Mahabharata, I mean, they're eternal. And I feel that I have to somehow or other please them and get to know them. So that they reveal themselves to me. I can't force myself upon them. I can't force myself into their confidence. But somehow I, I, I actually have this vision that all these great personalities, they're, they're watching me. And um, sort of inviting me to come and, and they'll tell me their story. But somehow Krishna, I mean, it's so, such a wonderful thing. I feel that Krishna somehow or other, it, I mean, it's the greatest thing of my life that, that Prabhupada and Krishna have somehow given me the service. And I feel that because somehow the service is coming down through the pure devotee, that all these great personalities will actually somehow some spiritual platform take me into their confidence and let me understand who they really are. <sighs> Arjuna, Bhima, twins. Yudhisthira, of course. And that's what I want to do. I want to I want to show the world who they really are and, and clear up some of the misunderstandings that come through It's interesting because you look at the Mahabharata tradition, it's sort of a mixture because some things are a little... Right, but some things are... 
I mean, there's so many great souls that narrated the Mahabharata, so many great souls, and so many, so many great poets that are just, just extraordinary spiritual and even literary talent has gone into it. So it, it's like a it's like a balance for me. I I have to honor all the great souls that passed this work on from generation to generation for you know hundreds of generations, hundreds of generations. At the same time, I have a mission which I was coming down from Prabhupada Krishna. I have to just go ahead and I have to tell the story as I think it really happened. At the same time, honoring the tradition. At least that part of the tradition that I feel is really coming from the great souls. It's amazing if you think about it that, you know, I'm working, I have my little mystic tool here, the computer, and I have the Sanskrit text of Mahabharata, and it's something which has been preserved for hundreds of generations. I mean, real people who are just as real as I was, that I am. I mean, all kinds of people telling this story and hearing it and then repeating it in just thousands and thousands of different places. For thousands of years, people just telling this story. Now the whole thing somehow, here it is. And I...
very much attached to family. Like he's sort of really attached to Kunti. He grew up in really attached to Kunti. And like the Raja Surya sacrifice, he's the one that takes care of people. And even just read another verse, this keeps coming out again and again about Sahaja that he's like, he's, he's like really into the family. Hmm. Always, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Really good looking, and, and also very eloquent, great speaker. Like in the, um, in the Bhagavatam, at the Raja Suri, when she could call themselves Krishna, someone has to defend Krishna, it's Sadhadev hmm. that stands up and gives a powerful speech. So, like, you know, incredibly good looking, great speaker, and just really into the family. Interesting character, isn't he? Hmm. These are real people. The coolest of uh, these. I mean, just the twins, isn't it? I mean, you could just write so many books just about them. They're such great souls. Just the twin. That's what I've got to do. Because somehow or other, get past or like the you know, stereotypes, just the, and just really find these people. I mean, the five pandavas. Like actually, you know, they're all great souls. They're all intimate associates of Krishna. service are really I almost I almost feel like I'm there's a sense in which I feel that um, just like I'm back in my real life again. Like I had to make these forays. Like I felt it as a service. And also of course I enjoyed it and I had a professor but like teaching a class at the University of Florida that I really enjoyed doing. But there's something about like, my work on this that I really feel like I'm home. You know, it's like you go out on a journey and you do important things that, that have to be done and enjoy doing it, but somehow it's like coming home to, to, to this work in the long arts. Of course, even that opens one Krishna Vrindava. But in terms of service, it's, um, it's just, how can I say it? It, it? It's just like, it's like a feast. Because all, I mean, whatever God-given abilities I have, they're all like, just challenged to the max. Huh. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's just like for someone, huh. for someone that wants to write like this, it's just an ocean of devotional huh. service. It's just, it's just, an, it's just a complete ocean of devotional service. It's so rich. It's so unlimited. There's just so much to do, and it's also. It's also 
freezing, and there's just so it, it, it's like it's like being hungry. You find an orchard, there's always beautiful fruits, and you just you know, like more fruits than you could ever eat. Because there's so much in the Mahabharata, so much devotional service, so much. There's just such a great story to tell, and so much historical analysis to do.